Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Keith Williams here with the Skill Stadium podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're on episode 80. Hey, I know that there are a lot of great podcasts out there for people to listen to, and I am so grateful that you have taken the time to check out our podcast. Listen, if you enjoy the podcast and it brought value to you, please leave a review, share it with one friend, just one friend. That's all I'm asking. I am really excited for today's episode because we have a representative from an organization that is doing great work helping students learn about careers in the skilled trade and what they are doing. And they're really showing them some cool equipment. And I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to let my guest tell you about it. But let, first, let me introduce my guest. My guest is the tour manager for Be Pro, Be Proud of Georgia. He grew up in Nettleton, Mississippi. Career-wise, he's been a maintenance supervisor. So he's worked on the education side. He's coached football, basketball, and track at Mount Perrin Christian School. He's very proud of the fact that he won a state championship as a player and as a coach. During his free time, he enjoys spending it with family and cooking. Please welcome Reginald Legrone to the Skill Stadium Postcab podcast. Reginald, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Keith. How are you? Great. Hey, thank you for taking the time to be a guest here and grace me with your presence. Tell me, you like to cook because, you know, you mentioned that. Do you have special dishes that you like to do? Are you somebody who likes to get on the grill? What do you like doing? Tell us a little bit about your cooking. Well, my wife and I, we've had a couple of uh, roadside stand barbecue joints. We've had two restaurants and, you know, basically it's barbecue, both mostly smoking, smoking meat. And so if I had a favorite dish to cook, it would probably be ribs. Excellent. So that's something that you definitely have a skill set for. Yes, definitely. We also cater occasionally. When someone asks, we'll cater. We've done events as many as two to 3,000 people, as small as, you know, five or 10. So we both love to cook. And my pops taught me how to barbecue when I was 12. I've been doing it ever since. Hey, has the equipment, you know, like, so you learned from your dad, how has the equipment changed to help you in terms of barbecuing? Or is it pretty much still the same? Well, I used to be a guy that I was really just, you know, charcoal and wood. And now with time being so precious that they've come up with this electric, you know, these electric smokers and where you can either put the pellets or the wood chips in, set the timer and the temperature, and you can go do everything else you need to do and come back and your food's done. Same effects, just as good as it was back in the day without that equipment? Just as good. I still prefer uh, wood and charcoal, but if all else fails, if I don't have time to sit there and baby it and watch it, then I mean, it's the second best. It's the second Excellent. best. Excellent. Reginald, you're a man of many talents. Reginald, tell us about the program. Tell us about, you know, what you guys do at GoPro Be Proud, Georgia. Well, Be Pro Be Proud started in Arkansas a few years ago. Be Pro Be Proud, Georgia is the second state to actually buy into it. And the whole concept behind Be Pro, Be Proud is to get into the school settings 
and to introduce middle school students, eighth graders, 13 years and older, and high school students to the skilled trades and professions to help them understand the importance of going into skilled trades and professions because there's a shortage and the baby boomers are retiring from this profession. My granddad and my dad were all skilled professionals and they are now retiring from the jobs and they taught us and trained us, hey, be better than me. And we've taken that and said, hey, I'm not working in the factory or I'm not going to be a carpenter. I'm going to go to college and wear a suit and tie to work every day. And I think we took it the wrong way. And I think they kind of explained it to us the wrong way because that that was never the intent. Be better don't mean do something different. It means be better. And we've decided we've become a generation that wants to push pencils. And nowadays, that's not so stable because it's all based on the economy and the market and how those things go. But one thing you're always going to need is uh, as long as we live in houses, as long as we drive cars, as long as uh, people are building uh, buildings, there will always be a need for skilled professions. And that's what we try to encourage the students when we encounter them, just to take a second look at and not think that, you know, this is my last option. It could easily be their first option. What are you learning now that you're interacting with the students? What is their pushback or their interest? What are you learning from them? Because now you've done this for a little bit. You've been out, you've been interacting with the students. What are you learning from them? What are you seeing? Well, we've been interacting. I've been actually, you know, interacting since August with students in different schools. And what I'm finding out is that more so that students are really interested in doing what they want to do. But I think sometimes students also are steered by their parents into trying to do the route that the parents have gone and finding out that sometimes students don't want to do. I met a student on the truck. It's probably been about maybe about a month ago. And I had had the opportunity to meet his father the day before uh, because his dad was, I can't, I'm not going to say because he may hear it. In talking to his dad, his dad wants to push his son into baseball and on into college. But when I met the son the next day and asked the son, hey, your pops was telling me that you're pretty good at baseball. You want to go to college? He said, I don't want to go to college. He says, I want to have a landscaping business. He said, every summer, me and my friend get together and, and we do landscaping and we make pretty good money doing it. And so when I finish high school, I want to continue to do that. And so in learning that sometimes children need the freedom to be able to, to choose you know, the path for their career and not be just forced into the mold of go to college, get a degree. Mm -hmm. I also think with social media and access to information, students know more than we give them credit for. And I think young people, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like sometimes they look at what am I going to get now? They're not thinking about 10, 20 years down the road. They're thinking about, hey, when do I get paid? This student who obviously did landscaping got a taste of that. He saw, hey, you know, he went out, he got real world experience. He says, I'm pretty good at it. I liked it. And, you know, now he knows what he wants to pursue. So I feel like that's going to change things up a bit. It also means that they're not necessarily going to just say, agree all the time with what their parents are seeing, because they could be seeing something that their parents aren't seeing parents are coming from a generation that maybe that college was relevant back then. You know, like I saw a dad giving his kid advice. I was at his, a, actually at a baseball game with my son 
<laughs> my son was playing baseball and the dad was talking about his older son who was finishing up at UGA and he was talking about him, you know, making sure he better get, keep his grades up so he could get a job. And I was like, what company hires you based on your grades? Because I asked the dad, does he have an internship? Yeah. How do you not know that? So I say that just to say that sometimes the parents get it wrong. Like they don't necessarily, they're not, they're giving advice based on what worked for them, maybe in the late nineties or, or, you know, whatever, you know, like in a different generation, now the market's changed. Right. So, you know. So being able to, one thing that I've realized is with, I have a son that is into music. He's a music producer and starting out in music, when he started out, when he got out of high school in 2005, his mother and I said, well, you're going to college at least for one year. Just sample it. See how it goes. Well, that one year turned into one semester. He came home. He was like, well, I'm going to do music. It was like, okay, that's fine. You do music in your part time, but you're getting a job. Yes. And he was like, no, nah, music is my job. And so that was a fight between he, his mother and myself was that he went into music full time because that was his passion. And when he went into it, we couldn't see what he was seeing in the music industry. Well, now you look 2005 to 2022, you look at almost 17 years later to where music is paid for his home. He's got couple of platinum music uh, records, songs that he's done. He's been nominated for a Grammy and all of these things. And, and it's really taken off and done well for him. But my mindset was, if you're going to do music, then make it a side passion. Sure. Do what I did because it's provided for you. Yes. Students see so much. Children see so much further than that. It was like, well, we struggled and you worked every day. So let me struggle doing what I want to do. That makes sense. You know, and later on, you know, it's going to pay off. And so understand students see things different, their mindset. And like you say, their access to, you think about it, a student nowadays can go to YouTube, 10,000 subscribers and get a monthly residual income doing that. Yes. Me growing up in the seventies with a father who taught me how to dig ditches, pour concrete, do roofing shingles, do sheetrock work on the side, build furniture under our carport and things, car seat upholstery. Sure. Now, the mindset of making money on YouTube to me is, you know, would have been absurd 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, based on how I was trained and raised. And I think we need to have more of an open mindset that students see things different than how we see it now. But also there are the students that said, you know what? We have a farm. My pop pop taught me how to weld and I'm going to get me a mobile welder and I'm going to go around to different farms and fix equipment for other farmers that have stuff that is broken. That was when we were up at Northwest Georgia Technical College. That's one of the young men. He said, well, I'm a welder. I'm in the welding class. I'm taking advantage of work-based learning and when I graduate, I'm going to welder on the back of my truck and I'm going to go to different farms and I'm going to weld. So we get to see both sides of the spectrum. That's true. I think the skilled trades are ideal for that because if not just a welder, but let's say you're a plumber, or you're an electrician, you can put an ad on Craigslist. You can put something on Facebook. And I promise you, somebody will pay you to do their plumbing or their electric. There's somebody out there who's willing to pay. And now I think even more so because, I mean, I don't know if you've called a plumber recently, but it takes a long time to get a plumber out these days. <laughs> so if you've got somebody who 
people recommend. We've all done this. You got somebody you recommend who could fix the car or who could do plumbing or electric for you. And it gets passed around within your network and your community. You can eat. You can make a decent living. True. You could do that as a side hustle that could turn into a full-time job. I mean, I've talked to people who talked to a guy who was working as an electrician and he was doing jobs on the side part-time. And I remember him telling me, I'm thinking of starting a business. I said, people pay you when you do these side gigs? He said, yeah. I said, you already got a business. <laughs> you just, right. I don't know. <laughs> like, he just, I said, he said, yeah. I said, you probably make more doing that than you do on the job. He's like, yeah, you're right. I've got, I mean, that could be a whole different podcast. Acquaintances that I've met, personal people that I know. One good friend of mine, he's a University of Georgia graduate with a law degree. He practiced law for X amount of years. He got out of law and got into real estate. Well, within the past five to six years, he just got out of real estate and bought a plumbing company. Yep. So you have a guy with a law degree from the University of Georgia, goes into real estate and goes into plumbing, bought a plumbing company, moved from Marietta to Macon and running a plumbing company. His wife just recently retired from teaching over 30 years to help him run the plumbing company. And his yep. number one problem is, it's not business. It's finding enough plumbers to take care of the load that he has. Yeah. I believe it, you know, because you see, I've looked on like when I do, when I reach out to business owners, plumbing companies, and I see on their site, they're talking about, oh, we have 20 plus, 30 plus years of experience, our reps. I'm like, you're about to have a employee issue because I don't know if you're 30, 40 years on the job, at some point you're going to be retiring. You're exactly right. I don't see many 70, 80 year old plumbers running around. You're right. Just like, do you do 40, you know, so you're right about that. So, I mean, it does create a lot of opportunity for the next generation coming up. And like you said, we don't have enough young people going into the trades. How do you measure success with your program? Do you guys track how many people decide to actually pursue careers of the students that you're seeing? Yes. Well, what we do is that we have this join the movement process. So the students come on the truck and then we give them the be pro, be proud spiel. So they have an opportunity to actually join the movement, meaning that they are willing to receive information from Be Pro, Be Proud Georgia. Mm -hmm. And that way help them, I guess you could say network into different skills, trades and professions. And on that sign up, it has a list of possible uh, careers, not maybe 15 to 20 possible careers that they could go into. And so when we go through and we look at that data, now, there's also a post follow-up for the students that do sign up. There's a post follow-up and there's a survey that goes out. Those surveys goes out to the work-based learning coordinators and the CTAE instructors of the schools that we visited. And it asks the students, how do they, what do they feel about Be Pro, Be Proud? It also asks them, how are they moving along in their careers or things that they're choosing to get into? And so that's how we kind of rate our success is on the follow-up side of how many actually join the movement, how many stay in the movement, and the processes of the students that are actually moving forward with their skilled trade endeavors. Sure. Now, you said you start with middle school. How have you found working with middle schoolers? Because they're so young at that stage. That's a great question. I think the middle schoolers are more open because their really? their mindsets haven't really been shaped yet. Okay. They haven't really, you know, you think about it in the eighth grade, you're 13 years old, summer 13, summer 12, about to be 13. And of course, you know, everybody has a dream like I did, probably like you, 
I'm going to make it to the NBA or I'm going to make it to the NFL. I'm going to make it to major league, but you have an opportunity to put something in their hand Mm -hmm. because their mind is still shapeable. It's still in that process to where they're going through puberty and they're beginning to become analytical thinkers about things. And now you're putting something in their hand that just might grab their attention enough to say, I can do this and do this. Or you take a 13 year old, you take an eighth grader and I explained to him how I had a best friend in high school that started out playing football with me, got a two-year associate's degree, went on to get his commercial truck driver's license. He got his commercial truck driver's license. He went to drive for UPS in 1992, making $18 an hour in 1992. That's pretty good. That's Hard good. time. Well, he drove for them 10 years. He left them, went and drove for another major company. Now he owns his own trucking company and last year made almost $900,000. Wow. Well, he broke his loads too, but he does more than drive, but it's all pertaining to the trucking industry. And when you start throwing numbers out to these eighth graders and ninth graders and 10th graders, and it was like, I was like, how many lawyers you know that made $900,000 last year? You know, and it really encourages them to look twice or to think twice because Like you said, that's what really reels them in is when they see what's tangible, what's tangible for me right now. I agree. And I think also tell folks about the truck. I think when you get on a truck, it's people need to understand this truck, the setup, it's this truck is unbelievable. So I mean, I've been on the truck, so I know what it's like. Can you tell people about the truck? Because I think that's very important. Well, it's a 30 foot gooseneck trailer that we use an F450 that is pimped out. I love the (laughs) and inside our trailer, it converts to like a mobile gaming unit. It has the side door comes down, turns into a stage and we put the rails around it inside our truck. There's a mobile commercial truck driving station that is like this big video game that you actually sit in and a simulator for uh, commercial truck driving. There's Z spaces. We've got two computers on one for agriculture. One for uh, health care. There's a plumbing wall that the students love the plumbing wall to where they get to put plumbing walls together, put plumbing drain pipes together. And we make it challenging for them because we put time limits on it and we give them rewards if they're able to get them out. We give them a T-shirt. You'd be surprised how hard students work just to get a T-shirt. Yeah. There's a Lincoln welder simulator there that they use. And we have a computer automated drone. We call it Wally. And the students get to, you know, drift and make donuts, you know, in the parking lots and get to drive it like a RC car. And, but it's part of automation robotics and web development and computer programming that goes into it to make it all happen. The virtual welder is a hit at every school that we go to that they actually get to weld and they realize how different it is from actual welding and virtual welding, but it really grabs their interest into it and explaining to them the need and the necessity for it is what really grabs their attention is that when you can put something in a student's hand, it has the opportunity to mold and shape and change their, what they view as really being reality and and what's just ideal. Yeah. I think, you know, people, you know, people can get facts. They can go online and get facts, but when you get stories, Right. And experiences, right. that's the game changer. Just like you're saying, you put something in people's hands. That's why I said the truck is such, I think the truck makes probably such a big difference. I mean, I'm a grown man and I was sitting there like, wow, this is unbelievable. So I could only imagine a student going in there, especially at the middle school level and, mm-hmm. and just 
and it's very gamified. That's you know how to reach today's generation. That's what I took away from that truck. Someone, whoever set that up, right. knew their target audience and understood, okay. And you see it because you're out there. So you see their reactions. Somebody really understood. Your organization really gets it. You know, they understood how to connect with these students. And I think that's critical. And that'll make a big difference. You also are an ordained minister, a man of faith. And, you know, much respect to you for that. Tell me, how are you able to connect with students? Because I got to believe that that helps you in connecting with young people and just people in general. Well, it definitely does because, I mean, I do what I do. I'm really living out a dream. A passion that I've always had was basically, you know, being a motivational speaker. And that was even from, you know, as far back as I can remember. And having the opportunity to stand in front of someone and explain to them something that I believe in, yes. something that I'm passionate about, and something that I've seen change people's lives. And so what leaves the heart reaches the heart. And I think that being able to relate those two together or, or mix those two together, having the experience of being able to share the gospel on a weekly basis or every time I'm with somebody, being able to share the gospel and the conviction that I have about it is the same passion that I have in, in sharing with the students about skill, trades, and professions because both are life-changing. Regardless of how you put it, they both have the ability to change somebody's And I also life. believe that yeah, I also believe that faith is, you know, my definition of faith is belief in things you can't see. And sometimes as you're just getting started as a young person, you know, you may not be able to see what the future holds for you for, for that profession. So I think that's why I think you being an ordained minister can kind of help and communicate with that. And But I do believe that these young people, once they get their hands on the equipment and they hear these stories, you know, it's something that they can probably picture in the future for them. That's true. So can you share some resources? So if I'm a young person, I'm thinking of going into skill trades. What are some resources that they could check out, whether it's a YouTube channel, a website, just anything you feel that can help them? You know, I'm in middle school or high school, freshman. What would you recommend a site or a YouTube channel that they could check out? Well, number one, be pro, be proud, ga.org. That's our website. On our website, it has a list of a wealth of information. And what you'll find on our website is it'll show you how to get involved. There's a list of the 15 top professions in the metro Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. And it has on that website, it has how much the top 10% in each profession makes. It also has the outlook on there what it looks like now and what it's going to look like by 2029. Then it also has on there to where you can find training for that particular trade, local technical school. So it also has on there uh, companies that sponsor Be Pro Be Proud. We have sponsors and we have partners. And so there are sponsors and partners on there that most work-based learning coordinators have relationships with that can help the students get into summer internships to where they can actually make money over the summer. And then, of course, there's always myself and my co-worker, Matthew Hutchison. We give the kids our information, our work information, and that way they can email us and we can email the coordinators if they don't have the opportunity or the time or don't know how to. So we make ourselves available. Uh, the website's available. There's SEFCA that is a big sponsor in Be Pro, Be Proud. So we steer them towards SEFCA. 
WorkSource Georgia is another great one that has a lot of funds that help support a lot of the skilled trade technical schools to help students get to the path that they want to participate in for a career. So those are just a few that we steer the students toward when it comes to, you know, using the mouse pointing and clicking on the computer. And then we make ourselves available as well to help connect the dots if the student is not capable. Reginald, are you okay with maybe sharing your information for people to be able to contact you? Sure. They can always contact me at beprobeproudga.org and you'll be able to find me there. You can also reach me at Reggie, R-E-G-G-I-E, at beprobeproud.org. That's my email. And you also can reach me by my phone. You can reach me at 404-663-5696. Wow, Reggie, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I really appreciate that. We'll also have that information in the podcast notes. Reggie, do you have any events or anything that's coming up that you want to share with us that's going on that people should be on the lookout for? Yes, definitely. Well, when we get back from the break, we will be at Red Top Mountain Middle School, January 5th and 6th, 10th through the 12th. We will be in Jefferson, Georgia, Empower College and Career Center. And January 13th, we will be in Social Circle at Social Circle High School. And that information is also found on the website under news and events. That's where we're going to be. And if anyone is interested in having Be Pro, Be Proud come to your school, just go to the website, click on news and events, and you can book a tour from there. And our coordinating, coordinating our person will be able to see when the schedule is going to allow us to be there because the schedule, believe it or not, is already filling up for fall 2022. Wow. So folks, you heard it from Reggie. Get on the site. There's a lot of resources on the site, a lot of information. Check out the events. Also, you can register and you can also request to have them come out to your school. That's correct. So so make sure you do that. And I will, again, I will have that information listed on the site. Reginald, before we say goodbye, please share one life lesson that you've learned that young people and students can benefit from. Never close a door or never close your mind to an unopened door. That means never look at a door and say, I don't want to go through that door because you never know what's on the other side of that door that could be life-changing. And every step that you take is a step closer to what you possibly want to do in your career. Patience is another thing that I share when it comes to careers and futures. I've learned that through patience, through understanding and having an open mind. And of course, I can't leave out prayer. It's always necessary because I do believe that when I encourage students to look for success, because that's what everybody goes to college for, is success. And I tell the students, don't look for the success that the world pushes you to have. Success to me is as an individual, we've all been given skills, gifts, and talents. And when you figure out what your skill, your gift, and your talent is, then you walk into what you were created to do and be. And I believe that is going to not only be a blessing to the individual, but also to the people that are around the individual and to the community and the society. That's what makes America great, is us being the best that we can be and doing what we were created to do. Amen. That's great advice. Well-spoken and not surprised coming from a minister. 
There's always wisdom, uh, you know, I've always said, you know, because, you know, I, I, we, you know, I do go to church and the message sometimes the minister is that sermon. It could be that one message that is game changing and life changing in your life. So I agree with you. It makes 100% sense to me. Reggie, thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you today. Let's keep in touch. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate the opportunity to share with you. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.